Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host, BJ, along with my co-host, Me Too, and this week we're watching One Day at a Time. So stay tuned to the end to find out why BJ is an old fuddy-duddy who likes the original better than the new one and why I'm right about the new one. So if you didn't catch that, (laughs) I prefer the original a little bit more than this one. Not that this one is bad. Oh, when we were watching, I thought you disliked this version. No, I just have a preference for the original. Oh, that's still wrong, but it's not like wrong wrong like i thought you didn't like it and i thought i was i was like ready to vehemently defend the integrity of this show okay that's a little aggressive okay me too how about we just start with you giving everyone a bit of background information on the premise of this show Cool. So like the original, it centers around a single mom. In this instance, it's Penelope. She's separated from her husband. She's a veteran. I think she said she served in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. She has two kids, this time a son and a daughter, Elena Mm -hmm. and Alex. Elena is like kind of like a young budding feminist in the making who's like, you know, when like someone goes to college and takes their first sociology class and all of a sudden they're like militant, like that's kind of where Elena is. And then Alex is her son who's like obsessed with being cool. She also lives with her grandma or her mother, Lydia, who is the kid's grandma. And then she works with Dr. Berkovitz at the hospital where she's a nurse. And there is her handyman and I think building manager. I think he owns the building, Schneider, um, who's her neighbor. The premise of the pilot episode, though, is Elena doesn't want to have a quinceanera. Because she says it's misogynistic and archaic. And her son wants new shoes. Yes. He wants like five new pairs of shoes. And she told him to pay $40 for one pair of shoes, which you and I discovered at the outlet mall last week. That is not unheard of. Yeah. We have our alpha bounces. You can get some good deals at the outlet. Needless to say, Alex just needed to come to the outlet mall with us. And we would have made him look as cool as we were with our shoes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Side note, I didn't realize this. That she works at a hospital? Oh, actually, I think it's a private practice. I, I can't tell from the set. Sometimes it looks like a big old hospital because um, there's like a lot. You meet a lot more nurses and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it actually might just be Dr. Berkowitz's practice. Okay. That was a criticism I kind of had. Because of the way the set is done and with the multicam setup, you only, in this episode, you only see the examination room. So it's not even like clear what the rest of the doctor's office slash hospital is like. Everything medical happens in this one exam room. True. Yeah. They expand that later. So you meet like tons of nurses. They upgrade. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as you alluded to, I am a fan of the original version. So this is a Norman Lear sitcom. So people who don't know, Norman Lear has produced slash written a bunch of the most popular sitcoms from like the 70s. And one of those was One Day at a Time. Same setup, single mom. In the original, she had two daughters. She was divorced by the beginning of the show. And she moved to, I believe, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. (laughs) 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 is indianapolis one of those words that like actually it's any word if you say it enough times it sounds weird yeah laptop 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 so like a laptop she moved to (laughs) indianapolis with her two daughters and i actually used to watch the original so in grad school i didn't have cable so i was watching like satellite tv or stuff on my laptop and on satellite 
not satellite, antenna TV. I was going to say, you were balling out in grad school. I didn't do cable, <laughs> but I did satellite. Yeah. <laughs> Direct TV as a grad school package. I was watching antenna television, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of channels, MeTV, Get TV, Antenna TV, that shows these old school sitcoms. And so I would see One Day at a Time a lot, because it's like a popular show, so they would play a lot of reruns. And just like you, I think the theme song is super catchy. And that's kind of how I like became a fan of the original, which I happen to like more than this new Netflix remake. So, Okay. You like the original more, but tell me your thoughts on this new version. I know that we disagreed on the outset on the song. Yes, I like the original song better. I w- well, I almost said I will physically fight you, but I don't want this podcast to sound like I make casual physical threats of That's violence. That's inappropriate, insensitive. But Gloria Estefan, she sings the new theme song. Which has like a Latin dance type of theme to it. Yeah. So just listeners like BJ prefers the original, but just know that the the new one is significantly better. It's the same song, just different genre of music. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's your feedback on the show overall? What were your thoughts on the pilot? Because this is your first time watching, right? Correct. So this is actually one of my points on the show. We each have like a list of things we want to discuss. I did not actually like the inclusion of a live audience this mm-hmm. this is a multi-cam sitcom with a studio audience and the audience is doing a laugh track as well as an applause every now and then and i think it's the applause that really mm-hmm. pulled me out of it and kind of threw me where i was like i don't want you clapping so yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of the audience that took me a long time to get used to when i watched the show i feel like after watching the office like many many years ago now mm-hmm. now i'm used to only shows like that and not oh. shows with like a live audience. Yeah. It's a different style. Yeah. I had to adjust for this and for I like mom and mom has a live audience too. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I didn't really like is that each character's stereotype was a little too strong. Like mm. struggling single mom, the son who's obsessed with his computer, the like daughter who's starting puberty and now wants to rebel against being a woman the way society says mm-hmm. they should. The sassy, like, grandmother who's, like, hitting on younger men. The, like, <laughs> goofy handyman. And all of these characters are inspired by some of the original, but, like, with a modern twist. But I think it came across too strong. And I don't know if that's because I'm. it's been a while since I've seen this style of show or if the mm-hmm. writing was just too strong. I'm not mm. sure. I, yeah, I think that's totally fair. I agree in rewatching this first episode. I'm glad we're agreeing more than um, fighting. Uh, that's what I thought we would do for the whole time. Although maybe listeners would prefer that. I agree. I think, but I also think because it's a pilot, I think they were obsessed with just people being like, okay, the grandma is like kind of sassy. Elaine is a feminist. Like, are you catching up? Like, Penelope is overwhelmed. Like, I think they're just trying to, like, make sure we understand where they're coming from Mm -hmm. because they all, all of the characters as the show progresses become very multidimensional. Okay. They do a lot of really good character development. That's what made me stick with the show is that I just felt like, I mean, I also, I'm a child of immigrants. So while I'm not Cuban, I really identify with a lot of the stuff they talk about in the show. Mm -hmm. I think they just make you fall in love with each character. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to keep going back to The Office, but I feel like even after it stopped being as funny in like season four or five, 
you just love the character so much you stuck with it or at least that's what I did Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that's how it was for me not saying that the quality of one day at a time is going down in fact I think it was even better in the second season that's fair and I think this is going to upset you in terms of comedy only 25% of the jokes landed for me I know while we watched it together listeners and you laughed a lot more than I did Mm -hmm. yeah about 25% of the grandmother's jokes worked for me I'm not sure if any of Schneider's humor really worked for me Mm -hmm. so I think that made it less appealing because it just wasn't very funny that's fine I also think okay I did not ask you for your feedback to refute each of your points, but I just <laughs> I just want to say that point me to a pilot where it's like the whole thing is amazing. Parks and Rec, you had to give the whole first season for it to start getting good in the second season. So I think you just got to give it a little bit of a chance. For me, again, coming from an immigrant family, a lot of the stuff they talked about, it just made me think of my family. And that's why I laughed so much. Like the overbearing maternal figures in your family, the fear of prescribed medicine or medicine period. I don't think I knew how to take Tylenol for a headache until I got to college. Whoa. I know my mom gave me like children. What is it called? Triamenic or something? I'm not sure. Whatever it is. I know I took medicine as a child. I do not want to see (laughs) my parents did not care for me. But my mom was always like Western medicine took our solutions. So instead of giving me whatever like decongestant, she would make steam with like eucalyptus leaves like Mm -hmm. I come from like that kind of culture. And so a lot of the fear of medicine and stuff, all that stuff just made me laugh so hard. Yeah. You like don't go straight to pills to cure or to treat whatever your ailments are. My friend had a headache at my house like a month ago and was like, where do you keep your aspirin? And I, I literally don't have any. So I was like, I'm so sorry. And I sent my boyfriend to CVS so that she could like feel better. That's fair. I don't usually keep pain medicine. I think I still have the same bottle of leave that I bought like a long time ago. Should That's probably, probably expired. I was about to say, I should probably check the expiration yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I haven't taken it since I like bought it. Yeah, exactly. Like I, yeah, I just don't reach for medicine. I did think of one joke from Schneider that I did like. Which one? When he was labeling the older daughter <laughs> as at yes. risk youth. And he was like treating her like an outreach project trying to talk to her. Yes, <laughs> I love that. My parents used to, go to this like mega church um which whatever i was like not the biggest fan of and Mm. i had to go to a youth ministry while they were in the big ministry and it reminded me of all the youth pastors being like hey like are you ready to get down with jc and jc is like jesus christ like obviously like like like, excuse me and they're like sitting like backwards in the chair like that's how schneider like looked to me as he was like talking to elena like your parents are going to throw you a sick kickback, otherwise known as a quinceanera. Like, it just made me laugh so much. But there were some awkward moments, or maybe not awkward. They made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. when she was ta- the mom was talking to her daughter about the kind of history of quinceaneras and marriage and rape in villages. And I think yeah. once she started bringing in, like, the rape part, I know it was honest and factual, but... It got made me uncomfortable that that's kind of the direction they took things. That the genesis of the concept of marriage was born out of claiming a woman so she wouldn't be raped or assaulted. By other people than her husband. I actually liked that. I liked that the mom got real with her because I think... 
the point Elena was trying to make is she didn't want to take part in this archaic quinceañera. Mm -hmm. So I like that the mom was like, I know you think I'm this conservative woman who just wants you to do this quinceañera and like shut up and be a girl. But in reality, I'm aware of the like sexist beginnings Mm -hmm. of all of these institutions. Like fun fact, marriage was born out of this horrible past. And so like I recognize that the history of quinceañeras is trash. But right now you like get to be part of the community and you get to celebrate your Latina and Cuban roots. Like Mm -hmm. I liked that a lot. So I like that her mom was like, you know, we could all be smart in this house. It's not just you. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked, you know? Yeah, I think the intent behind it was good. I think it just, I was taken aback that it took that turn. That's fair. I mean, there's some other just like general things I could point out, but then you're going to think I'm nitpicking and you might get upset. Okay, give give one and I'll fight you on it. It's like all or nothing. Okay. So basic sitcom problems. This apartment is way too big. Like those are nice (sighs) bedrooms. This is a huge apartment and she is a struggling single mom. But this is something that happens on all sitcoms. Their apartments are way too nice. All (laughs) sitcoms because they have to have a soundstage. What do you expect? I watch mom and in mom, they're supposed to be like struggling and they live in this like two bedroom, two floor apartment. Yeah. This is at least a three bedroom plus a den. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. What city do they live in? Uh, Somewhere in California. Expensive. No, not all of California. True. Actually, anywhere outside of like San Francisco, La Jolla, LA. Inconclusive on what their rent should be you know what okay fine i think it's just california but i know i mean they don't look like they live in san francisco or seattle still a nice apartment go ahead keep nitpicking our mom main character doesn't know how to use a meat mallet she was like rubbing the meat (laughs) she started using it correctly yes later in the scene but it was weird that she rubbed it is that how you're supposed to do it like 10 like massage it before you beat it i've never seen that well i've only seen people beat chicken but you can do that for tenderizing tougher pieces of beef i didn't know that i haven't eaten meat in like 15 years well now you know now i know also this could have been me missing a moment or it could be a sitcom problem i didn't realize we went to the next day until their outfits changed oh i thought it was clear that it was the next day because like dinner wrapped and so in my mind once they had dinner i was like it's over but that could have all been in the same day actually maybe it wasn't the next day but i think it was the grandmother and the son and daughter all changed clothes maybe the mom did i just wasn't paying enough attention yeah but she also just like wears scrubs a lot so i don't know yeah and i made a comment about that because the children wear uniforms and the mom wears scrubs they have a low wardrobe budget which is smart on their part as very smart i wore a uniform in high school and didn't own many clothes at all because i only needed like a pair of weekend jeans and that was the best there you go then you can invest in some nice shoes do you have any thoughts or topics you would like to discuss and hear my feedback yes I have three major points as to why this is one of the most important shows on television. That's a bold statement. One, it is a sitcom that does not shy away from heavy subjects. In the pilot episode, we realize she likely has PTSD. She is potentially dealing with depression. She has an injury from war that she is still sustaining. And she... The shoulder thing? The shoulder thing. That comes up later, but it's actually like a big issue. Okay. So it's like teased now, but then in later episodes, she debates the VA to get treatment. 
And then she's separated from her husband. Her daughter's like dealing with battling cultures. I think it's not shying away from heavy topics, which I like. I like that a sitcom took that on. There's a time and place for it. I like when comedy is just funny, just punchline after punchline. But I just like the humanity of this show. So what do you have to say against humanity? That it's not the only human sitcom. So I'm not sure why this is the sitcom to do it. And I don't think Netflix is popular, but I don't think it would be the best platform if you're trying to like deliver this sort of message. Like doing that on CBS or ABC would reach broader America and like reach the people who need to hear this more than the people who already know about these topics. I super doubt this would have made a network show. But point number two, culture. Actually, let me not say that this is why it's one of the most important shows on television. It's just why I love it. (laughs) So I think it's rare and we're getting it more now with shows like Fresh Off the Boat. A lot of children of immigrants talk about at home, it's like little Cuba. Like in their home, it's like essentially you've stepped into Cuba or some version of it. And that's how I feel whenever I go home. But then you contend with having that culture and the culture of the outside world. It's almost like code switching, but it's like your ethnic identity. Mm -hmm. It was just really interesting to hear Elena and Abuela debate because I've had similar debates with my parents over things in our culture. I definitely did not intentionally fail a test. I cannot imagine bringing home an intentional D on my test to my very African parents. That's a bold move. That's a bold move. But I I just really appreciated their debate. And I love the idea of like a very fobby family having like or fresh off the boat e family having this discussion i don't think in a lot of homes these things would be so up for a debate so i thought it was really cool when penelope the mom was like okay elena like you want to debate having this quinceanera let's do a lincoln douglas style debate where you argue my point for me and i argue your point for you like so they can see each other's perspectives i don't think that's something my parents would have ever done but i just think it's like really dope so i loved that that's something that i think my whole family could sit down and watch together and there are very few shows my parents can sit through so that's why i loved that i would say to the debate that was very naive of the daughter not to realize it was reverse psychology that yeah. if she is a debater, of course, she's going to debate her mom's point better and help her mom. Yeah. Although I don't think the mom realized she was doing that either. I think they develop Elena to be a little bit less annoying and have a little bit more humanity later on and especially in mm. season two. But I think she just so wants to be right all the time that she accidentally won that debate for her mom just because she was like, she just has to win. Yeah. And I'd say towards the immigrant portion, I'd actually argue a lot of Americans could relate to it because I think there's an element of just generational differences going from the grandmother to the mother to the daughter. And I think a lot of people can see that talking to their parents and their grandparents, how the things that were normal to them have changed for every generation. It actually makes me think of this episode of Blackish, where some of Bo's family debates the fact that she makes a plate for Dre. Bo is the mom and Dre is the dad. They had like a big Easter brunch and their family debated the fact that Bo made a plate for Dre and she always makes a plate for him. And they were like, that's sexist, blah, blah, blah. But then Dre's grandma at the end chimed in and was like I always made a plate for my husband because he was treated so poorly during the day that the least I could do was offer him the dignity of fixing him up a nice plate and treating him well when he got home and it kind of silenced the table for a second because you don't think about generational differences cultural differences contextual differences Mm. that was a really powerful episode that was really good 
Okay, third point. So it sounds like we're kind of agreeing on that second point that it's a universally good show when it comes to culture. And then the third point, Whatever. you can you can shrug all you want. <laughs> there ain't no camera on this podcast. You agreed. The third point is discussions of mental health. While I agree that I think it's a little narrow-minded when Dr. Berkowitz basically encourages Penelope to take anti-depression medication because he suggests that she may be suffering from depression. And he was like, you know, if you had a heart issue, I would prescribe you heart medication. I do think that that line of talking points is a little bit narrow-focused and outdated. But Mm -hmm. I think generally, I feel like we need to have more and constant discussions of mental health, especially since there are so many misconceptions. So I love that she got to have this conversation with her mom where that culture thing comes into play again, where she was like, my mom is going to think I'm Amy Winehouser. (laughs) And like, she's going to say I'm a yonky instead of like a junkie. And so it was an important discussion to have about mental health when she like was very frank with her mom. Like I'm dealing with all of these things. I'm overwhelmed. I am not sleeping at night. Like I'm having all of these issues and I need help. So I think that moment of vulnerability was really helpful. And I think cross cultural discussions of mental health are really important. Mm -hmm. So what you got to say against discussions of mental health, because it becomes a theme in the show. A constant. I think it being a constant theme is good. I think the way it was introduced has some flaws. Yes. And that, like we agreed, you you should be careful how you introduce ways of treating and coping with mental health issues. Totally agree. Because there are definitely some one-sided perspectives that could actually scare people away because I think if this is just an example and this show didn't do this but if it was very much you need pills you need chemicals to balance out your brain to get better I think that message would actually push people away that's true so I do think it's good that they're starting to hint the PTSD possibility or depression I would actually personally prefer a slower rollout of that storyline or that Mm, theme mm -hmm. just so you can have more time to carefully frame that whole message that you're presenting to the audience Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair okay you know what i think this was a very civil debate i think you agree with me that this show is great no and say great yeah so we both love it that's like really awesome you happen to like the original which is dope um i like the original too it's just the new one is fantastic you know let's just close out this debate by going into our final ratings and that'll really tell the audience how we individually think yeah so i think my rating is obvious i'm would watch again seriously and i did i watched it i like marathoned it i really really yeah you're caught up yeah i'm super caught up I was like thrilled that they got that season three. They really had to fight for that. So mm-hmm. I think it took all those like think pieces and stuff about why this show is so important. So I'm glad that they got it. That's great. I hope these new mics don't pick up my disappointed <laughs> size because. So listeners, I would not watch. No! Again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I appreciate what this show is doing. I think it's a fun take on an old favorite. I still prefer the original more. And if I was though, like, if someone was like, do you want to watch One Day at a Time? I'd be like, let's casually watch a rerun of the 70s version. And so the main part is, I don't think this humor really hit home for me. And like, if you're going to watch a comedy, if you're not laughing, 
a lot at the jokes, it's not going to be that fun of an experience. So for me, it's just not a comedy that I want to watch again. Rita Moreno is the funniest character on television right now. So I thought she was funny. Her jokes hit home more than the other characters. She's an EGOT. So what we can do is you'll just come over next time you come over to my crib. We'll sit down and we'll crush a couple episodes before we do something else. I do not agree to that plan. Commit to this. I'm asking you on our podcast. Now it's time for our listener feedback section. We have a new review on Stitcher Radio. Okay. So I'm going to read that to you. And then how about you give them a quick response? Perfect. So this is a five-star review from I Listen on a Pixel 2. (laughs) (laughs) Their review title is, This Show is So Fun. What I like about this show is twofold. First, the rapport and sometimes trash talky takes from the co-hosts that make you feel like you're sitting at the kitchen table with them talking about TV. The second is that in the age of Netflix, Hulu, and Prime, it's cool they're reviewing network TV shows, but also binge-worthy oldies but goodies. Can't wait to hear what you guys think of coming this fall. Yes. Well, uh, thank you for the review. Sorry that we just reviewed a Netflix show when we should have been reviewing a network Prime show. I have many thoughts about the fall, so we can get that started when the fall shows come in a month. Okay. Thank you. So you can find us at thepilotpodcast.com. That's where you'll find all of our podcast episodes. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. And if we're not on your favorite podcast app, let us know. Wow, we are on so many things. You can follow us on Twitter at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. And please be sure to give us a five-star review and ratings wherever you're listening. It really helps. And we'll read your reviews on our episode. Bye. Thanks for watching. Bye.